Hello, Doobie listeners. This is Adam Venrick, and you are listening to a surprise episode of The Coffee Hour. As I mentioned last week, I did not think that we would uh, have one of these again, given the coronavirus. But here we are, and uh, my guest this week is another socially distancing Denison student, Adriana Collada, who we had talked about having on this show for quite a while, and now she's here. Adriana, welcome to the coffee hour. Yeah. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, even if socially distanced. (laughs) Yeah. How about that, right? Yeah. It's it's a time. Yeah. So we're, uh, I, I think originally we were, when we talked last December, um, we had all these ideas of what it would be like if you were ever on my show, and we had mm-hmm. talked about talking about the modern language department, but probably the thing that everyone um, is talking about this week is COVID-19. So why don't we talk a bit about COVID-19? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I, you know, I, I don't think that, I think, you know, people have tried so often to say, well, let's talk about something else and, and let's do something else. And while I agree with that and I agree that, you know, it's important to, um, you know, like find ways to distract yourself. It's, it's hard and I think practically impossible not to have, um, you know, any conversation without talking about it. It just comes up. It does. And everything. It does. It's, um, and you're from Baltimore, correct? Yeah, yep, and that's where I am now. Right. So I'm at my, I'm, I've moved back in with my parents. <laughs> How does that feel? Um, for me, as someone who I think, um, not only um, from living at Denison, but also um, I spent some time abroad. I took a gap year. Um, I've had a working, you know, a job where I was working and not going to school, um, I've really gained my independence. And so I've been really grateful for that. And I think that has been, it's only been a week, you know, <laughs> so there's, there's only so much you can do, but that, I think that's been one of the hardest challenges is, you know, living under your parents' roof again with, you know, following the rules <laughs> and, and understanding that there are rules and chores and things, but you know, it's, you take some, you get some kind of thing. Yeah, and is it is it just you and your parents, or you said your no, siblings were here? Yeah, yeah I'm, I have moved back in, and then my sister, who is also a college senior, but not a twin, she's older than me, she um, is 24, and she is also back here. She was living in Connecticut, and then my 16-year-old brother. So, yeah, we're all here. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, I, oh gosh, what's... What do you... All right, so you're a senior, first off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're a senior in college. What do you? What have you been studying? Um, as in my major? Yes. I study... I'm a double major in French and international studies. All right. Um, so you are... You're a senior. You are a double major. And your senior year, the last quarter of it has essentially been hijacked by this virus. Yeah. What what is that like? Um, it sucks. Uh, I think there's so many emotions that I'm sure so many seniors, so many students have been feeling. I think um, one of the hardest things, especially within this first week, that I've noticed, not only with myself but other people, is like how to navigate not only your own emotions but everyone else's emotions around you, um, and trying to you know be like respectful of those 
all of those outside factors. For me, it was uh, at first, like, you know, just this loss because we were losing our community, not only the students, but the faculty, the lifestyle. Um, it was something that I, you know, I, I like, I love Denison, but um, I, I wasn't ready to, like, I, and then I started to realize, like, um, the fact that not only are do we now have to start applying to jobs and doing all these things that I was planning on doing, but not quite yet. Um, we don't have the resources that, you know, we would normally would have had that we paid for, you know, like yeah. having the Knowlton Center right at our doorstep, um, being able to meet with a, um, a, a career counselor. Um, these were all plans that I had had. Um, I was waiting to hear back from a fellowship opportunity early April, and then my plan was, you know, if I got that, continue with that, and if I didn't get that, just really go to the Knowlton Center, and I, I'm now, you know, they do have online stuff, but you're losing kind of the accessibility. Um, I think also just the fear of, you know, we're graduating, and now we're going to be entering into an economic depression, most likely, yeah. and, you know, what does that mean in terms of a career? It would have been so nice to have those resources. So in, like, a practical sense, that's the thing that I'm um, hurting from the most, I think. Um, and then just from an emotional sense, yeah, just saying goodbye to friends and the community and um, something that's been really helpful to me, though, especially those last couple of days when we were on campus, was that um, when I had these like overwhelming feelings of sadness um, and emotion, I the thing that got me through was just like wow, like just unbelievable gratefulness, um, or gratefulness, not gratefulness, unbelievable gratitude um, for feeling that pain because you know I was a transfer student and I was somewhere where I wasn't happy and I think if school did end I would have been you know jumping for joy but the fact that like here at Denison it was um every time I got really sad I would get kind of happy in a way because it's like oh how lucky am I to be so sad to leave a place you know yeah um, mm -hmm. that was helping me a lot that's a really beautiful feeling and yeah. I think Probably that's really good because I know from our last week there before before we were sent home, there were a lot of very strong mixed emotions about how everything was being carried out. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, I understand. I look at colleges, like I'm not going to say, you know, I was looking at some, I have some friends who go to small liberal arts colleges on the East Coast, um, and they had... Um, graduations set up, like impromptu graduations set up for the seniors. Um, and I think, I think for me, I was, I was kind of upset because we didn't have anything. But also, um, the two people that I know that had a, a impromptu graduation both went to women's colleges, different women's colleges. Mm -hmm. And I think that they, I, I like, you know, they have an amazing community. Like, a, there's just a real sense of community. I think because it's a group of not, not that we don't, but they 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 group around the fact that they're women, mm -hmm. they're really smart women, because mm -hmm. these are really good schools, and and um, those were students that ran that. And I think at Denison, because our community is involved in so many different things and has so many different um, activities going on. Um, I think we, we just didn't have time to do that. And and I, when I was at Denison, I was really angry. But looking back, um, now that I'm 
you know, stepping back and I'm seeing friends who go to other universities all across the country, they didn't get some of the resources that Denison is giving us in terms of financial aid or the alumni spreadsheet um, or, um, I don't know, just, just lots of email. My sister at her school had 48 hours to pack up and, and get out. Um, so... Uh, I don't know. I'm like, you know, it's it's like there was anger, but I also am lucky enough to notice the gratitude. But I recognize that that's just the way that I'm processing it, and it's totally different for so many different people. That is, that's I I think that's fair. I yeah. I don't know that there is a right way to process this because truthfully, <clears throat> there hasn't been anything like this really since. Not in our lifetimes, and probably not since the Spanish flu, if you really think about it. No, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think... No, nothing like this, and I think that's why everyone's so freaked out. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I... Well, all right, so... It is currently, right now, as we're, as we're talking, it is technically still Denison's spring break. It's not yet the online class coronavirus period because we're talking mm-hmm. on the Saturday before classes are starting back. Yeah. Um, what would you have wanted to do had this not happened with your last <laughs> quarter at Denison? You mean like my spring break? Your spring break or really what, what would next week have looked like for you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can tell you because right. it's it's pretty right. depressing. Um, I so originally I had been accepted to speak at a conference in France in Paris. Um, I was going to present my senior research that I had written for international studies that I was you know I had put my heart and soul into. I was really pumped about, um, and so I was supposed to do that on the tenth, or I was supposed to leave on the tenth of March, so right right before spring break. Mm-hmm. And then that conference would have lasted four days. And then um, I was supposed to spend a week in Venice with my um, with my boyfriend. Um, and because I have family in Italy and, and they have a, an apartment that we were able to use and it was financially feasible. And, and so then, you know, first it was like, what, uh, end of February, we got the news that our Venice trip was going to be canceled. And then we thought, okay, well, then we'll just stay in France, you know. Um, and then my, um, my tickets and my conference were all canceled, um, to go to France. And so then my, my boyfriend was, was very kind enough to, um, buy some tickets, uh, to come here for spring break. But then, um, he was no longer able to come because of the travel ban mm-hmm. as well. Cause he's, he's French. He's not an American citizen. So, um, yeah, that, that was our that was that was my big plan was, was to see my partner and and now um, I'm here and I guess I guess so my plans afterwards like I said were you know to continue school and, and to plan and and to project kind of for the future and um, now my plans for after graduation even are just totally up in the air which is really kind of distressing I guess you could say is a good word to use and I imagine I yeah. That well, I, and I don't. Gosh, I don't know what to say to that honestly because that's such a giant wrench in the wheels of really everything. Um, yeah, well, because like my big thing, my my original plan after graduating, you know, 
my, was to continue with my dream, and my dream is, is to move back to France. I've spent about two years um, on and off um, living in, in France or, or French-speaking regions, and and that, you know, I feel most at home there. I've really kind of adopted that culture as my own. Um, that's just where I want to be. And so, you know, I've made every opportunity to take advantage of those those things, whether that be through learning the language, through um, doing internships, through majoring in, in French mm-hmm. and, and and creating, you know, opportunities to move back, creating a life there, allowing myself to, to find um, friends and, and a social life and, and a romantic life over there. Um, and so my original plan was to move back um, for... To, to do a teaching fellowship where I would teach English and then and then to apply to graduate school over there and, and go to graduate school and then get a job and then apply for citizenship. Um, but now, you know, that's totally up in the air because is this fellow, not only am I going to get into the fellowship because that was the main <laughs> anxiety, but now it's, is this fellowship even going to exist, you know, with, with COVID and, um, Will I even if I if I decide to go immediately to graduate school because luckily it's it's very affordable over there um, because I do speak the language, um, but do you know will they let Americans in to go to school? You know these are all these are all like you said it, the the best way to describe it is it's just like a, throwing a wrench into the plans because it's it's luckily my dreams are just stalled you know yeah. like there there's a chance I can get back there I don't know when. But this will pass. Yeah. Um, but I know for some people, like, it's this is the end kind of thing. It is. Well, and I think that is important to look at in the fact that really this will pass and probably sooner rather than later. Who knows what the after effects are going to be. Yeah. But, um, but so you, you mentioned you and your boyfriend um, have had all these travel plans thwarted uh, because of this mm. virus. Um, how have the two of you been keeping in touch then? Yeah, so that's, that's a good question. Um, so we mostly, um, will video chat, will send messages. Um, we try, so we've been together for over a year now. We, um, so this long distance thing is kind of, I guess, I guess we're lucky in the sense that, um, nothing immediate in our lives has changed besides the fact that, you know, we don't get to see each other that often and our opportunity to see each other was, was cut short but, mm-hmm. or cut off. But, um, you know, um, we try to live our own independent lives um, and and check in with each other, you know, whether that be once a day or every other day. Um, but, you know, now it's not much changes in our lives. You know, we're both quarantined with our families. And um, so, yeah, we, we mostly end up talking about... Um, COVID. So, you know, it does, it, you know, it seems like you guys are, are doing your best. Um, originally I was gonna, you and I have been friends for a while and we, we talked about oh. the possibility of being on this podcast and I made a note that I was going to call this episode love in the time of coronavirus. Yeah, I, um, love that. I love that idea. Thank you. Oh God, I really hope he gets out of his slump because that <laughs> thank you. that's yeah. amazing. Thank I think you. That's beautiful. Well, all right, then let's let's maybe shift uh, around talking about relationships for now and move on to what it's yeah. like 
what it's like being back home, social distancing. <laughs> we we all have essentially moved back in with our parents, which was never something that I think ninety five percent of us expected to do right now. Right. But um, yeah, what's that been like for you, really, to have to social distance? Um. So for me. This whole social distancing thing, I'm really lucky. My family lives on a farm. Mm-hmm. So I, um, well, and it's, it's a really small farm in, in terms of, like, I mean, we have a few acres, which is nice. But, like, my next-door neighbors have, on each side, have 200-plus acres. Um, so the plants are kind of, de- you know, the fields are dead. So I can walk on their properties. And they don't say anything. They can't see their social distancing, you know. So, um uh, that has been like so critical for me is uh, is is having these walks where I can I can get out of the house. It's nice out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's it's been hard in the sense that you know it's it's been hard on my family financially, uh, stress wise. My my family is in the restaurant business, mm-hmm. um, so now we're just doing carry out. But um, obviously, like carry out is not enough to finance um the gas the electric the food um production all of the staff that work there so um this is just it's just been like really hard for my my parents to handle that um uh so I think it's uh my friends you know I miss my friends a lot um who I I have really been able to um value knowledge and value education and like higher education and um I loved being at Denison because you were just kind of always in that environment and my family you know as understanding as they are um they don't want to be in you know in, in 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 like an educational environment all the time where you're constantly having these lofty conversations you know they don't Want that, and so I think that was hard for me at first because I felt like I couldn't have those conversations. Um, but skyping friends and reaching out to people, reading has been really, mm-hmm. really positive. Um, I told myself that I wanted. I think I was just so upset about not only not even not being able to see my boyfriend, but then um, Jennison closing. Um, I just kind of wanted to be away from everybody. Um, so I didn't talk to people for a couple of days. I think I needed, like, I think, I think I would have done the social distancing anyway. Um, so I did a lot of embroidery. I played the Sims, you know, like, yeah, I did all these things to kind of be alone. Cause I thought that was what I wanted, but I think now I'm starting to kind of crave that human contact, the, the ability to, I don't know, relax, have jokes. Mm. Um, but I, I just like love the online community. I think my parents don't quite get it. Um, cause it's not their generation, but like I, I love, um, I think some things are too much for me, you know, like spending too much time on Instagram isn't good, but like this one thing I've really liked doing is, um, I follow this professional, um, ballerina on um instagram and she and her partner like her her ballet partner Mm -hmm. are doing instagram live videos like every other day where they do um bar lessons and um 
I had just joined ballet club at Denison, like my second semester, senior year, because I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. And um, all they ask is that you give a, a small voluntary donation to um, the emergen- dance emer- Dancers Emergency Fund or something, which is for the American Ballet. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, I've been doing, like, ballet every day and, like, stretching, and it's to Rihanna or to, like, all these different pop like, and I do it in my kitchen, so my parents are like, what are you doing? But I love it. And, like, it's little things like that that are, like, you know, it's giving me the most human contact I can kind of get um, in this time. Yeah, I I mean, I imagine. I think this is a really good time for Instagram live videos. For, oh, yeah. Weirdly for Twitter. Um and honestly, yeah, it's been a banner year for The Sims. I know. I but can I just say, like, I don't know how you feel about that. Like, do you play Sims? I don't. I don't. Okay. So I played it in high school, and I like loved. I don't know. I just I'm like this. I'll go on or like a whole rant about this, which I don't want to. But, like, no, it's all right. I should have bought The Sims three, and I bought The Sims four, and I just like don't like Sims four, and it's like. Like, uh, it's, like, not a big deal, but it's, like, the little things in life, you know, that that's what I'm noticing right now that'll just, like, push me because I can't get mad about coronavirus because I have no control over coronavirus. But I do have control over, like, the Sims I play. I don't know. It's weird. I'm finding, like, different things to get mad at, I guess. Um, I try to do calming things, too, though. I do embroidery. Um, right before, you know, the big quarantine, I felt kind of guilty going outside because I know we're supposed to be social distancing, mm-hmm. but I went to Joanne Fabrics like one last time. Oh wait, I don't know if that, I went to a fabric store. No, that's all right. What? That's all right. Oh, okay. That's all right. Okay. Well, I, oh, okay. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I went to Joanne's like one last time and, um, I just stocked up and got like all these threads and all these fabrics and I was like I was saying to this lady I was like don't worry I'm social distancing when I get home but it's like I have to have enough to get me through you know which is ridiculous well yeah I mean that's awesome and I think it's I think it's great to have hobbies it's great to responsibly social distance I will say um, and not to make the, not to not to turn it too much towards me, but in Ohio, no, they, I want you to. Okay. I want you to. In Ohio, they shut down. They also shut down all the restaurants except for carryouts and uh. um, drive-through here as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, because I do believe in social distancing. I believe it's the right and the healthy thing to do. Yeah. But I will say, it shut down last Sunday, and I went out for all three meals that day before it shut down, and I feel guilty about it, but also no. it was delicious. No, I think you should, because because I like I believe in social distancing, but I also, I'm, like, I'm coming from a family of, uh, you know, where we're in the restaurant business, mm-hmm. and we are really suffering, you of know? Of course. Like, and so, if you can order carrier out, if you can... Um, you know, go, I guess, go through drive You know, it's, it's so important to help these businesses because they, they are really suffering, you know? Um, but you can do that while socially distancing, you know? Um, also like just a huge thank you to like all of these people, um, you know, like who are delivering the food and, and the people in the grocery stores. I just, I cannot imagine 
the stress that they are under, the kind of nasty people that must come in. You know, my parents said they waited when they went and got groceries. It took them over an hour to check out. Um, and my parents, you know, were, I'm hoping were lovely, patient people, yes. but they were saying, you know, they felt so bad for, um, they said, oh, we felt so bad for all of those people, you know, working in the, um, in the grocery store. Cause they have to deal with a lot of challenging moments and people, I don't know. No, it's, it's crazy. I think mm-hmm. I, having worked in the service industry a lot, I can say I'm quite glad that. I don't work for a grocery store anymore, and also that I feel nothing but empathy for the people who who do still work there. I think it's very heroic. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I also, like, I, I think what's important to remember, Adriana, is that this is, like, because we've never been through anything like this before, I think that everyone is in that stage where they're simultaneously overreacting and underreacting. Yeah. yeah. And they're overreact they're overreacting because it's like I'm going to go buy all the toilet paper and 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 all the baking supplies even though I've never baked before in my life. And it's like what are they going to do with 100 rolls of toilet paper after this ends? <laughs> what? They're going to eat the toilet paper. They'll have nothing better to do with it. This video on Facebook, I can't find it. It was like in passing, and it was it was this girl, and she said that her dad had done the math for like how much toilet paper someone would use within, you know, based on like the Costco block size mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how many sheets should be used. And apparently, um, not to be TMI, because I, I can't remember the details, but I remember him saying, if you're going number two, based on the Costco rules, if you're living in like a family of four or five. Over like a certain over a month, that gives you twenty rolls for going number two, like twenty pieces, which is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Of it's a lot of paper. toilet paper. You don't sit to buy, you know, so much. You don't need it. You have plenty. I, you know, so I, don't, I don't understand. My theory, and I came up with this when I was having lunch with my brother during one of my three eating out meals on last Sunday, yeah. um, is that people will ultimately, after they have binge-watched 30 Rock for the fifth time during this quarantine, will ultimately have nothing more entertaining to do than go to the bathroom. (laughs) That's so true. See, that's why I'm trying to get back into reading. Yeah. And reading for enjoyment. I find my patience is, like, high enough, but Mm -hmm. I really hope um, that it can be, that it can get to being. You know, I think... I hope that social distancing also does us some good as a yeah. society. Um, it's, you know, we're really privileged. See, well, and then people are like, I know there was this thing going around where people were saying, you know, what's oh, the privileged, you know, you're being so privileged by staying inside and, and all this stuff. And like, no, 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 you can struggle. Like, I cannot imagine, um, no matter how, you know, well off you are, like having to live in like a studio apartment in New York City oh, by yeah. yourself and, 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 and not be able to go outside is hard. But then also, you know, um, if this is what we're doing, you know, if, if the government is telling us, if the health officials are telling us, we need you to stay inside, like, we should be doing that. That's, you know? yeah. Um, whether we're privileged or not, you know, whether we're, we're um, this is a luxury or not, you know, we need to be doing it. And so um, 
luxury or not like enough with enough with being privileged or being richer just do it you know what i mean like that's that's kind of my mentality it's like we've just got to do it if the sooner we do it the better things will be you know or like not even the because it's so unsure but the less we're prolonging it you know yeah i think that's how i feel about it yeah well and again bearing in mind that this will probably end i think it's one of those things that will get worse before it gets better and yeah. the bittersweet truth is it started to get worse, which means yeah. it's hopefully going to start getting better within the next couple of weeks, at least here. It's still going to it's 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 going to have a very destructive path, but yeah. it will get better. I think by this summer, we will we will look back on this and we will say we got through it, and a, a lot of it will feel like overreaction, but I don't think we're going to have the hindsight to tell what measures were an overreaction and what measures were necessary for probably a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's, it'll be interesting. See, like, if we can get my boyfriend on, it'll be, he'll be really interested to hear his opinion. He is just like, this is the end of the world. Oh, really? <laughs> We're not not end of the world, but he's just like we're entering an economic depression. Like a lot of people are going to be, you know, there's going to be a second wave, and he's watching all these videos. And so I'm trying to be more optimistic, and he's relatively like pessimistic about this. Um, but that's just kind of like balancing it out, you know. I yeah. I, I, you know, by talking to him, I'm realizing like, okay, I can't be so optimistic about this. I have to be more realistic. And for him, I think maybe talk, hopefully talking to me. He's like, you know, like. It could, you know, we have to be optimistic. There's a part of us that has to be optimistic. We can't be so negative all the time. So again, it's like that give and take thing. Well, and your boy, your boyfriend's name is Axel, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does what does Axel um, what what is he trying? What is he doing for work? What is he wanting to do for work? Is probably a good thing to ask. Yeah, yeah. So he he um, makes videos online. Um, He works for uh, as a freelancer, but um, what his main job at the moment is um, uh, creating videos for a company that teaches English. Um, So I don't know how that's going to do in the economy. But then again, you know, business professionals, uh, like they always need English. And then the way the French government works, you, um, your business, you earn like points when you work and and your points, the the company will pay for programs like these, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is cool. So, um, I have two more questions. Yeah, go for um, it. Yeah. Um, so the first one is, it was on either Tuesday or Wednesday of this past week where we were given the news that the school you and I attend is transitioning to online-only classes for the rest of the semester. Yeah. And that was crushing. I Tell me if you felt differently. Everyone I talked to was not feeling optimistic that we would come back. Were you optimistic that we would come back? No. Okay. No, I knew. I knew. Um, I knew. Like, you can't... I don't know. Even my my sister is currently optimistic about her school going back, and you you can't. It's... it's, It would not... I don't know. No, I knew. And, And it is pretty upsetting, um, I think because I, I, I really value the education I'm getting. Yeah. I was really excited about school. I had so many more things to do. I had so much, you know, I really loved my classes. So that, that was a low blow. Um, also, one of my classes, 
Um, it's very much, it's a very small class. There are only a few students and it's, it's kind of like a work at your own pace kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we're all doing our own projects. And so to be honest with you, I'm actually kind of glad that we're doing it remotely because it allows me to just really go into my element and do my own thing. Um, so that one I'm okay about, you know, like I wouldn't say I'm, I don't know. I wasn't, it's, I'm feeling optimistic about that class. I think, I think it'll, it, it can't get worse. Not that it's bad, but it's like it's it can only get better, you know, by being on my own. My other class, however, um, and not against the professor at all because she's such an amazing professor. But you could just see that because we're no longer going to be in a, an environment where we're creating dialogue and we're in person and we're having discussions about the readings, she's doing her best. But you can just see the, the quality of the education is going to go down. And, that, and that's oh, yeah. no one's fault of their own. It's just, it's, it's just because it's going to have to be online and we're not going to have the same conversations. And I think that's the most disappointing thing for me more than anything is that I'm paying for an education that I'm no longer going to be able to get. And, and I can't blame anyone for that. You know, I think a lot of people are looking to blame someone. They're looking to blame like, uh, uh, the administration or the professors or other students, you know, it's like, or, or even, you know, um, the virus and you just, it's, it's just, it's, there's nothing we can do. The one thing that, that makes me feel a little better about it is it's not just Denison. Right. It's going to be an entire population of students that for, you know, four months was not able to get the best education that they could. And that's so right. that's just, it, it's not, I don't think we're going to be at a disadvantage because of it. No. Well, and so with that, you know, I would ask, what was it like to receive the email that we're not coming back? Um, when, you mean the one that we got over break? Yeah, the one we got a few days ago. I was fine. I knew. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the one that was the worst was um, the, the first email. Because, because I think for me, I accepted it. I packed up, I moved all my stuff out. Right. Um, the first time around. So I kind of knew it was kind of like a, okay, um, it is what it is. Um, you know, but, uh, it was the, it was the first email that hit the most. The second one was like, okay, it's like reaffirming it. It's almost better. I don't like being in, I don't like being in a weird flux, you know? Yeah, I know. I like, I like, I like being in control of things. Um, so it was at least the one thing that gives me solace is that um, now we know, you know, and now the best thing that we can do is is give our professors kind of the 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 best we can because that's what they need because here they are. I just feel bad for them. You know, yeah. These holding things and with a bunch of students who don't want to be doing it. They don't want to be. Do- I don't know. How do you feel about all this? How do I feel about all this? Yeah, I'm um, interested. So, especially I, especially a theater student. Like, how is that going to work? Well, I'll tell you the worst thing is that the play I was directing got canceled, and no. that yeah, oh. and that kind of sucked. Um, I will say I am at the advantage where I'm a junior, so if I want, I can try and mount it again next year. But it right. did suck because, you know, you, I wrote it in 2018 and oh. I developed it all through last year um, and I developed a way to put it on and there were all these hurdles to jump through and yeah. in the end, you know, the thing that really sucks is like, 
you do this thing and you do everything right. You make a million contingency plans. You get a cast. You get a crew. Um, and it still falls apart. And the frustrating thing, to your point earlier, is like I would love to blame someone, even if that someone is myself. And I can't even do that because yeah. it was this one in a billion thing that happened at the exact wrong time. But I will say, I was not taking an acting class this semester. I, I was not taking an acting class, a directing class, or a chemistry class, or any oh class gosh, that... Yeah. Any class that I couldn't do outside of an academic setting or some sort of structured setting. And I feel really terrible for people that are in that. I feel really terrible for professors that have probably had to spend their entire spring break thinking about, well, how do we do a scene from The Tempest when everyone is quarantined? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what they're going to do? Or I don't. I, I don't know. I... I really don't know. I know there's a petition going around for all the classes now to be taught pass fail. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I like sort of get that, but yeah. like, what? What it would? It's. I don't know. It's. I, I, we don't have to discuss the logistics of that because, frankly, I'm not sure how that would work either. Um, I. You know. I feel bad, and this is like a very Denison-specific thing, and I don't know if... I'm sure other colleges have things like this where... I feel bad as a junior because when we get back from this, all the people I've known the entire time I've been there will have been gone. And yeah. I'll be the senior. But I feel worse for the seniors, and I feel worse for the freshmen because this is... I think there's supposed to be something sort of magical about freshman year where you're really just entranced by everything and you don't realize that academia has dark parts to it as well. Um, at right. least that's what my freshman year was. And I feel really bad for the sophomores because something, you know, really horrible happened this time last year. Too. Yeah. Um, so it's really, I think everyone is suffering in their own unique way. I will mm -hmm. say, I don't think the second email was... It was good to have that confirmation. Um, yeah. What I would like to know is... What was... This email came in canceling... Canceling the semester, um, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before when we were all finishing oh, right. classes. What yeah, were yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday like for you? Yeah, just, like, totally unproductive. I was kind of, like, still hoping that my boyfriend was coming, mm -hmm. um, which didn't work out uh, in the end. But um, uh, packing, a lot of packing. I think my way of handling news, um, a lot of my friends were avoiding it, and I was just like, no, I have to pack. I have to I have to get up and go. I've, I've got to do this. Um, which is my, I guess that was my way of compartmentalizing and, and, and handling this really difficult time, the transition. Of course. Um, I also spent a lot of time with my roommates. I loved my roommates. Um, I 
became really, really close with them this year. And, and we just spent a lot of time together, mourning, talking, um, decompressing, kind of just, just going through. Also spending a lot of time with professors. Um, I, I was just, I, I had this feeling of, well, you know, if I'm losing this community, I've got to get my use out of it, you know? Who do I need to say goodbye to? Who do I need to thank? Who do I need to have? You know, I, I met up with you because I, I said, i got to have that, you know, <laughs> lunch with Adam that we were going to have, you know? Yeah. It's just all these things that I wanted to do that I, I didn't have time to do. I just tried to compress as much as I could um, within, you know, press as much as I could within, within those really short three, four days. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, a, a while ago I said I had two more questions, and that was actually just one kind of compressed. Um, <laughs> no worries. My last one is much more straightforward. Um, you mentioned that your parents uh, are restaurateurs, and obviously this is like a really rough time to be in the restaurant business. Um, mm-hmm. what, can, what can we do, those of us that are socially distancing, what can we do to be responsible and courteous to people that could be exposed while also supporting restaurants? Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you. Um, I think the best thing that, that you can do is um, buy gift cards and and know that you're going to, you know, if you really, the best thing you can do really is, is carry out mm-hmm. and tip well, mm-hmm. you know, carry mm-hmm. out and tip well. Yes. Um, cause they need the help now. You yes. Know, they, they do. But if you're in a vulnerable position and I'm not an expert, you know, but I'm, right. I'm guessing if you're in a vulnerable, vulnerable position and you have resp- restaurants that you care about and you, you, you know, you know, people in the restaurant business, um, but you really can't risk going out. Um, buy gift cards, I guess. Um, when you, when we can start going back, really tip really, really well, because these are people who not only, you know, they, they haven't had an income for the longest time, you know, cause all this time that we're social distancing, waiters and waitresses are not getting paid. They're not getting tips. They are out of work. And so it's going to be really important for people is when this all kind of settles when the dust settles we need to go back out and we need to um do the best we can to um support them you know whether that be through tipping or taking friends out to eat and and yeah really promote tipping i would say yeah well and i think that's just a good philosophy (laughs) anyway but um true but yeah i and I, I wish you and your family very well because I imagine this oh, must be you. just a yeah. rough time. But yeah. at the end of the day, I guess, after this is all over, we will all, really as a planet, have a collective bad experience to draw upon. And I think bad experiences have a way of really bringing us together and trans- yeah. transcending boundaries that we don't often transcend. Um, so I look forward to seeing what this is like when it's over. Oh, yeah, me too. I hope I'm, <laughs> I hope I'll, I'm in another country. <laughs> yes, I hope that for you as well. Oh, and thank you. Yes, and Adriana, I'm going to let you hop off now, and I will talk to you later. Yes. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye. 
And thank you for listening, Doobie listeners. That was Adriana Culata uh, for The Coffee Hour, and I am Adam Venrick, and I thank you for listening. <laughs>